0: All right, welcome everybody again to another episode of Outside the Box. I'm the host, Roger Godwin, and today I am here with my wonderful friend that I love to say uh, is Pastor Anthony. (laughs) But he's a pretty cool cat. We, uh, it was his birthday the other day, and I have this thing about, so I have not been on social media. Like for over, I was not on social media. For yeah, I've seen days. that, it's that's, that's crazy. So I love that. Yeah, so I'm gonna do some stuff, like kind of what I've done, I've been writing a book and a couple other things. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna explain what I did over that time and the time that I got back, just the whole series. But one thing I did do is I always got on to see whose birthday it was. <laughs> just enough to go see whose birthday, so I can click on it and see, because if I have anybody's number on my phone, is it's their birthday? Mm-hmm. And that's how I got back with Anthony. So. yeah that's pretty amazing i love it yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it i really am dude i'm, I'm telling you it. you need to yeah
1: it's killer like checking up on people making sure they're good and you know just reconnecting you know i mean when was the last time we talked it
0: was a while probably at the ami like shortly after the ami event mm-hmm. which is where he got his nickname, pastor anthony yeah
1: when, when do you think they'll be able to put all that stuff back together you know those big meetups and all no first off Let's start here. I'm very honored to be on this podcast. <laughs> this is my first podcast ever, so it's gonna be exciting. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, man, yeah.
0: absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, you're a you're a mover and shaker for you know here in Oklahoma City, and a lot of people know you and love you. And you know, you got your own vision and passion about you, and that's I mean, that's what we're here to talk about. And just kind of, man, where are you headed to and all that stuff. So we'll get yeah. into that. So. Your, your footsteps. steps. Oh my footsteps? (laughs) (laughs)
1: No, I just really love whenever I ask you, you know, like, hey, how's business? How's everything going? You know, I'm just loving up on people. I'm just, that's all I do is love up on people. I'm like, wow, you know, that's an answer you don't expect from a regular person or anyone else. And that's something I actually look up to, you know, day by day. What can I do today to love up on someone? You know, how can I spread that love? and um, that's what I strive for every day you know yeah I got goals I got things to do in the future but it's like all that don't matter unless I'm doing something today to make that happen you know or just focus on today a simple smile you know uh, I actually heard this story Um, it was about suicide prevention pretty interesting this guy was gonna jump off the Golden Gate Bridge But he wrote on his letter, if anyone, just one person, smiles at me, I won't do it. That man lost his life that day. No one smiled at him. So imagine if our smile is so impactful, it's so powerful that we could save someone's life just by something like that. Imagine how it can up someone's mood. Imagine how we can spread love just in a simple smile, you know, with a stranger, you know, I don't even know them and I see them, hey, how you doing, you know? It just reminds them of that there is good in the world, especially right now, you know? People need to see that smile, but just trying to spread love every day like you do.
0: (laughs) Man, I'm honored about that, dude, I appreciate that. It's, uh, It's a lot of fun to not have a normal answer. You know mm-hmm. I was talking with a friend of mine we were talking about dead questions. So whenever you go to networking events or you go to I don't know whatever go to a party and it's really awkward and yeah. you're like, hey,
1: what do you do? <laughs>
0: Such a boring, stupid question. Yeah, don't ask that question. That's stupid. <laughs> don't ask that question, people. I love to ask the question What's the worst smell you've ever smelled in your life? The worst what? Smell. Smell.
1: (laughs) That would have really thrown someone off. I know.
0: (laughs) But then I get to tell people that one, is the reason why I hate cats. And two, Mm -hmm. is because I I found my passion and my purpose in life. Mm -hmm. Because of a bad smell.
1: Explain to me more.
0: So, quick story about it is I took a seven hour F in college. Mm -hmm. Because I got back a day too late from a mission trip that I went on. Ah. And the reason why I went on that mission trip was because I did all my clinicals for basic EMT at OSU OKC, and I uh, I did clinicals on the truck, I did clinicals in a fire station, I did clinicals at an ER out Midwest City, and then I was like, all right, God, I'm gonna do the deal with you, like putting out a fleece. If I am meant to be in the medical field, send me something to see if I can handle it or not there was a smell. It was the smell of a paint huffer. A what? A person that huffs paint, you get high. Oh. So whenever you do it for so long, your body excretes that, like those chemicals. Oh. And it was a huge room. Like yeah. this lady came in, covered in, I didn't know the lady at first, but okay. covered in paint, in oh. gold paint. And just, I walked in this big old massive room. Oh, it's just, bleh, uh, Right in the wastebasket, basket, just as I walked in. Like guys, I'm out, I'm done. Like I'll, I'm over here. Finishing this clinical, I got invited to go to uh, go to again yeah, not Kenya that was last year to Brazil on a mission trip to go build a church. I finished raising the money, sent my uh, passport off to get my visa. Boom, I was out in two weeks. By the time I got back, <laughs> I couldn't drop class. Uh, yeah. So I couldn't take it incomplete. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you can retake it again next year, and then you know it won't count against you. It's like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> so I took a seven hour, hour. Uh, Bye. <laughs> he's out. But going on that trip to Brazil, I found my passion. Mm, what was it? My passion and my heart and my purpose is to do international mission work. Wow. Yeah. And I got to go to Kenya. Yeah, I think that. Uh, last year, twice, I was, I was in Kenya for almost a month. Mm-hmm. Met people from all over the continent of Africa. I went to Brazil, I went to the Micronesian Islands, which is over by Australia um that was really fun because whenever you see six and seven year olds with machetes cutting down trees pretty awesome mm. and the freshest coconut i've ever had in my life that sounds really good it's freaking awesome <laughs> i like it ruined coconut oh, for me
1: so where are you being led to next what do you feel you're gonna be put in
0: so right now uh because it's you know country borders so like i don't even think we can go to canada right now wow. i mean wow, i don't know crazy. but uh i'm waiting to go to haiti I'm gonna to go to haiti with uh, the owners of higher ground yeah whenever uh, they got a church and a uh, school that they support down there so i'm gonna go there and i'm i know next year for sure i'm going back to kenya after my buddy gets ordained or so ordination.
1: I'm, I'm not familiar with mission trips mm-hmm. i've never been on a mission um of course i didn't grow up uh knowing that neither so like when you're out there what are you doing
0: gotcha so, whenever I went on my first one, I was, I was younger, just barely younger than you. I was 21 on my first one. Yeah. And then I went on like seven in two years. Going to other countries and going to Brazil and the Micronesian Islands and Mexico, I got to see what real poverty is. Mm-hmm. Whenever people ask me now, hey, how are you? If I live in America. I'm great. Mm-hmm. Everybody's complaining about this, that, and the other. And it's like, you guys have no idea what real poverty is. You cannot fail in America. Yeah. If you are a child, you are susceptible. If you have mental illness, those are the only two. Mm-hmm. If you are an adult in America, you cannot fail. There's yeah, not sad. a system to allow you to fail. Yeah. There's food stamps, there's housing. You know, you can struggle in the middle class, lower middle class, and, you know, it's a struggle. Because they're not taught financial literacy Mm -hmm. all those things so there's a lot of down I mean financial literacy is a problem in the world Mm -hmm. it's not taught yeah but whenever we're talking about depression and you know anxiety and all those things I think there's a lot of envy Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of I want what the Joneses have you're not wrong (laughs) and the problem with that is the fact that i mean i know people that have stupid nice houses Mm -hmm. super nice houses, and i'm thankful and i'm happy for them i know that instead of having a big payment for a house i could go spend a year serving with my family in kenya yeah for what three payments of that house would cost yeah and you'll be able to make great memories that
1: will last them forever.
0: Right. You know? What's the impact, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know a guy that he puts on, he's actually in Tulsa, his name is Pastor Rubens. Um, he can put on in a, an evangelism crusade, for the lack of a better word, in Central or South America for about $50,000. Mm-hmm. 30, 40,000 people come to it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's big. Hundreds. Thousands of people come to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, the, and that's really the most important thing. Or you can buy a car that costs $50,000 $60,000. Yeah. And then when
1: you're in front of him, Hey, who'd you bring?
0: Oh, I left the car over there. <laughs> <laughs> the car didn't come with me. Yeah. And again, man, it has nothing, you know, we live in America, the westernized countries. First world problems. We all have our own problems. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Our problems are big to us. Yeah. I've just been very blessed. I get to go see, and I've seen, I know what real poverty is. Yeah. And I see how happy people can be.
1: Mm. It's crazy.
0: The story I was gonna tell you about being emotional, right? Mm-hmm. So I did have one of those last year.
1: Mm.
0: I went back to Kenya. Whoops. I went back to Kenya. And I got to go uh, be in this conference, and I got to interview people from all over Africa. And I took three pastors with me mm-hmm. from that I met there back in it's, June. Yeah. I think I, went, I think I went there in June. And I went back in October. So I interviewed each of them because these guys have just become my family. They've opened their homes like they are my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their wives are fantastic, and. Titus has an amazing story. He speaks four languages and he ne- he was never formally taught English. Four? Yeah. What are these four? So there's Swahili, uh-huh. there's Ghetto Swahili, which is a totally different dialect, and yeah. then there's um, English and then uh, Maasai. So Maasai is the native It's like you learning Cherokee or Choctaw. Mm. So it's the native language to Kenya. Yeah. So he speaks those four languages. And he was abandoned, him and his siblings were abandoned by their mom because she was a traveling evangelist, which Mm. is pretty normal in Africa. And he got picked up by a man and he basically became a house slave. Mm. And this, he's 31, 32, he's, he's a bit younger than me. But, so this wasn't even all that long ago, but he told me this story about his mom had abandoned him, this man took him in, he lived in a shack, like literally made out of steel tin in the corner in the back part of the yard. Mm. They threw a pillow in there, they gave him like, you know, like that's what he lived in. Yeah. Wasn't allowed to go in the house unless he was working. He was supposed to only stay outside, take care of the farm part of the house and all that stuff. The woman tried to kill him three times, the final time she threw a Molotov cocktail and burned down his thing. Is it luckily, the shack? The shack. That's good. Ooh, so luckily you. he had made this place, his this part in it so he could slide it backwards mm-hmm. so he could get out like if he needed to yeah. or whenever he needed to sneak out. So he did that. The woman thought that she had killed him, finally. Because she tried to poison him two other times it's, it's crazy it's crazy yeah um i got invited to go speak at his ordination mm-hmm. so you got to become a pastor so you become an apostle and then you become a pastor and then you become a bishop or whatever yeah so the most emotional thing that ever happened to me in my all my world travels is i got to pray over him and his wife at his ordination Mm -hmm. I was so honored that I got to do that yeah because it wasn't even a place that I probably should have been Mm -hmm. but I got to hear his story and I got to tell and I told his congregation I can't tell you the story about Titus because I don't have that permission Mm -hmm. but you guys have no idea how lucky and blessed you guys are to have this man here and Jane for you to have this man because the story of how they met is fantastic too god um god ordained it is <laughs> hands down wow so but we're done talking about me <laughs> so that was a great question so thank you for asking such a fantastic question
1: that's right
0: now yeah, you did good <laughs> so man tell me like what's going on in your life tell me you know your walk tell me what's going on what, what's your plans where are you going oh my walk
1: tell um me. It's crazy because like on the way here, I was actually on the phone with Alex, Alex Moses.
0: Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. That's man. like you're supposed to call me back. I call him. Tell him I'm upset. <laughs> oh, call him out. <laughs> I, know, I know he's in Vegas like having a good time or something. Uh,
1: but um, the conversation asked him to pray for me more um, because we had a Bible study probably a month or so ago at Higher Grounds. And one of his friends, Josh, he let it. And towards the end he said something that really hit me in the heart um, he said to be in a constant state of prayer and I'm like what do you mean like is that like five times a day ten times a day no he said just being a constant state of prayer you're just constantly having a conversation with him constantly just building our relationship knowing that he's there always watching he can listen to any word you have Mm -hmm. and just praying conversating with him and I told him I'm trying to practice that more you know throughout the day even if I'm having a conversation with someone of course I'm listening and but it's like how can because Christ is in all how can I you know how can the Lord use me to speak to this person and give them life mm-hmm. you know regardless if it might be a small comment you know it's simple Jesus says keep it simple you know and it just I want to have laser focus on Jesus <laughs> I want to have laser focus on Jesus and I told him to pray on me that I may have that I want to have so much attention towards him that he'll work through me in every scenario. Now, of course, I'm not perfect. We're human. I'm going to slip off. You know, I slipped up a couple days ago. But it's, the thing is, the difference between a saved heart and an unsaved heart is repentance. Mm-hmm. Am I going to just continue on, let it take over my life, or am I going to go to the Father, down on my knees, repenting for him to take it away from me, to forgive me? I don't even have to say forgive me because I know I'm already forgiven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But just letting him know that I know my wrong and I know where I need to go from here and I'm asking for his assistance to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really well. I started going to this church called Destiny Church. It's crazy how I got there too. Okay. So. Come well,
0: on, bring it. Let me hear. It. Yeah. I, love, I love a story.
1: So, you remember my testimony? I told you whenever we went to that big event at uh, Crossings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up at this church called Fe Dios and after that, though, I was keep I kept getting the message to leave you know and that's kind of odd because usually you don't get a message to leave a church that he had something better for me and i don't necessarily knew what that was i didn't want to i fought it you know i had a lot of friends i had community there um a lot of people loved me there i loved a lot of people there too as well and i'm not gonna lie it broke me to tears like i legit broke to tears because i did not want to leave it was the flesh battling the spirit to the max i was like i don't understand like it's a good church and so i left and i thought it was going to be victory church so i started going to victory church and nothing against the church at all it's great i love how they have everything set up but i walk in and i walk out and no one even notices and that's what i would do just walk in walk out no one really um of course the what do you call them? Ushers. They acknowledged me, but when I was in preaching was done. I'm out, and I'm like, okay, I think this is my church. Um, but then I met Alex Moses, which is crazy how I met him too. Right. <laughs> uh, we had, we actually always knew each other from Facebook, and of course um, he's posting stuff. And I'm like, oh, like good job, like like bro, that's crazy. I like that, mm-hmm. and we finally get to meet because of Jack. Invited everyone to fit camp 180. Mm-hmm. Like he's invited everyone, everyone that he could say hi to. <laughs> right. And little that I know, that would that would be the biggest lesson of my life. Um, one of the biggest blessings. And so the first day i went jack's like finally pushed me to go because i kept saying like
0: yeah i'll go tomorrow <laughs> he's baby. like no if sorry I... you gotta go <laughs> Wait, what gotta time go. did you say five it's Uh-oh. just 5 a.m man it's fine it's yeah weird. yeah
1: it's not easy what
0: else are you doing sleeping yeah
1: <laughs> yeah no <laughs> um Better but i went and that's when i finally got to meet alex for the first time right. and it's like man it was great fun to actually meet you and the first conversation was about um that he, he's talking to this one girl and she's a woman and she loves jesus and i'm like yes that's what you need and so later on we did the workout after the workout i was like hey man tell me more you know and so we had uh, one of those moments where you guys say the same word at the same time.
0: <laughs> Did you jinx him? Jinx!
1: I should have. You should have. I didn't. I could have got a free Coke out of it. I know. <laughs> uh, but it led up to the conversation of being unequally yoked and we both said at the same time and we're like whoa bro like, there you go <laughs> I love it. that's crazy and uh Brian came up to us and he's like bro did i just witness the best friend moment and i, <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> and I just met alex so like maybe i don't know in my head
0: sometimes you get some connection man it's just, it's just what is it is yeah
1: it's crazy sure. the the chemistry between us just hit off right off the bat and our personalities just link so well it's crazy yeah. so after that, we started hanging out more, um, spending a lot more time, you know, talking about our walks, too, as well, in Christ. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, bro, you should come to church with me. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm down. And I went. And the first day I went and worship, just boom, fire, like feeling the Lord's fire. I'm like, whoa, hold up. <laughs> and so then I went again the next week boom fire and i'm like lord is this where you want me to be third third week and not fire again and i'm like <laughs> lord this is how it how many times did you have
0: to ask only three
1: yeah oh yeah <laughs> they say third time's a charm, third time's right? a charm. that's it baby <laughs> and so um it's really good. I um, actually started this class called Discovering Destiny. They basically have like a little small community group to show how the church is set up, how everything is going and teaching about the word and then from there um, when the class is over they'll split off to the community groups that wh- whoever wants to go to. And well, Pastor Chris, he's the youth leader there and he's actually wanting me to become a youth leader with Mm them and that's crazy because at the church that i was at before i always wanted to be a leader i remember the first couple weeks that i was there i would ask her i was like hey you know i've been doing a lot of like reading and i've been diving deep into doctrine and theology i feel like i hold a lot i just want to be able to give more and i i want a role of leadership i want to be able to do more you know necessarily it can be services it can do whatever Uh, funny thing is i just took a test um and this test shows like what are your gifts you know like evangelism yeah spiritual gifts and i noticed that i'm not a server (laughs) at all all right and it was like 32 percent and i'm like dang well maybe it's because i'm a delegator <laughs> i just give it off to someone else yeah, I mean, you know, uh, have and, so and then the highest percentage was like 83 percent was evangelism and then i think uh an, another 80 percent was teaching and then another one the third one was like 76 and it was administration what exactly is administration well, i don't like even know <laughs> oh that makes
0: delegating. sense delegating that's <laughs> what it is the ministry is delegating
1: wow there that's you go. crazy
0: you got them figured out <laughs> that's
1: awesome um, and yeah so now like my walk there it's been really good i met great people there um building community and now outside of the church because of course churches you know seven days a week
0: all right well, well let me ask you so are you gonna go and work with you yeah yeah your, i yeah.
1: am i am gonna get on board so and learn more see how I can it help the youth because that, that's something i always wanted to do you know
0: i'll tell you the best advice i can give you because okay. I, I used to be a switch leader and they gave me like not the bad kids but like the kids are like troublemakers and this stuff yeah. that, right so i have a gift because i'm very patient like i don't get upset i don't get mm. mad like i noticed that you're doing <laughs> something like what's going on you know yeah so It was me and another co-leader, so I hope that that's like kind of how you guys can do it. I don't Mm -hmm. know how how the youth is set up, but one week I would let the other guy teach and then I would take one guy one-on-one and I would listen. That's good. Because children, kids, they're constantly being talked at, Mm -hmm. not talked to, Mm -hmm. listened
1: to. And that's what they want.
0: That's all they wanted. Yeah. That's all they wanted. and and I got one. Uh, so Dougie's uh, Dougie's twenty one. Yeah, no, yeah, Dougie's twenty one, and uh, so is Seth. And they're two kids I have from junior high. Mm-hmm. And like Dougie is like a nephew to me and my wife. Mm-hmm. And he's in Washington. He's married now. His husband's in a uh, in the Navy, so they're up there. But he called me like are his surrogate parents. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and we just love him. You know? Yeah. And uh, and Seth actually ran into him the other day because I had to have Okie did come out to my house because I had to change up my water line. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I mean. <laughs> but he was the guy that came out to like check where everything was. So like that was yeah. that was pretty cool. You know. But he worked with us for a while after he was out of high school. Mm-hmm. But that's just the best advice I can give you. Just try to get one on one time. That's golden. And just listen. Because just now that they're being talked at all the time mm-hmm. by parents, by teachers, by everybody. Wow. Just be ears to ears.
1: Yeah, I like that. I'm definitely going to implement that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> all
0: right, so seven days a week. You don't want to be at church so long?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people forget that church is not a building, Amen. church is community, Amen. it's people within us. And so, you know, of course, I try to implement that within you know the community of real estate you know and real estate investors you know since i'm spending a lot of time with these people how can i can spread christ within this instance like when i like real estate is such a blessing and That's i love fun. it it's fun it's <laughs> great it's easy
0: <laughs> but, i think it's easy yeah but
1: and but like i'd rather have a conversation about jesus rather than real estate it, i don't know it's crazy no it's not
0: what's your number one Jesus what's your number one spiritual gift
1: oh evangelism wow fire (laughs) I love light bulbs (laughs) Uh, but and so in, in my journey in real estate of course it was for financial freedom and being free of the burden of you know debt Mm-hmm. And I was in debt for a little bit, and I still am a little bit, and I'm working on it, of course.
0: Now, is it good debt or bad debt?
1: It's good debt because it's the rehab from my rental property. Okay. That's and the good rent, debt. That's Yeah. Difference. Yeah. I and love
0: Dave Ramsey, but there's a difference. Yeah, there is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was so caught up in chasing a number. Like, I need that number i gotta get that number and or i gotta get that house i need to get that house you know if i get that house then i'm gonna be i'm gonna be better like i'm gonna feel better and things are gonna be in the line my focus was so much on that mm-hmm. that i lost my, my lord and savior my eyes weren't drawn to him so when i first got my my rental property um by
0: the way he's 22 got a rental property don't think you're too young people
1: (laughs) thank you but i got it and i was like wow i worked so hard to do this and it's actually happened it's happening because of the people around me and i didn't get that at the moment It's happening because my parents guided me. It's happening because of the connections that I made. It's happening because of my Lord and Savior put me in that place. But I didn't realize that. So when I got my rental property, I looked at it and I'm like, I was overwhelmed. It looked like a big mountain to me because it needed a lot of work. And my dad told me, Cause he, i thought he would help me out with the rehab and, I, and he's like well are you gonna go work on your rental property tomorrow we signed the contract literally the day before that's what he told me are you gonna work on your your rental property tomorrow i'm like yeah yeah i thought he was gonna go help me and i went there and i looked at it and i just i was scared i was fearful because my eyes weren't focused on jesus so fear took over my life for that second and I felt this weight and burden on my chest and I was just breaking down in tears I didn't know what to do I've never been alone like that to try to rehab a property on my own and I realized how much I needed Jesus in my life but also the people around me as well like being more appreciative of who they are what they're doing in my life loving up on them and and so dang where, where where was I going with this
0: <laughs> you need some Jesus in your life because you got sidetracked because yeah. of business
1: business, and I'm trying to chase a dollar amount too as well like oh I gotta get a million I gotta get a million Yeah, I gotta shoot for the million I'll, I'll, I've been told that I'm gonna be a millionaire so I gotta be so focused on getting a million but I forget that the lord and savior is the one that's going to get me there sometimes and, and i am not going to lie i lose focus that's why i've been praying to have laser focus upon jesus and letting him take control of my life everyone talks about the dash right mm-hmm. you know from the day you are born and then the day you die and then there's a dash in the middle mm-hmm. they're like what are you going to do with that dash my thing is am i going to give that dash to jesus or am I just gonna live it without giving it to them? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm following it. Okay.
0: Dude. I am so impressed with the fact that how old you are and the fact that you have this realization. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I was 35 whenever I came to that realization.
1: Mm. What really pushed me though, and it's because I made the biggest mistake of my life but it was the best mistake in my life. It changed my life forever.
0: Rain, right. come on. Some people need some blessing.
1: <laughs> come on. So I was so caught up in I cared about how I appeared, how I looked. So I had to drive the nicest thing ever. I was a mm-hmm. freshman in high school. with a the 2013 Subaru. Subaru WRX. It's like a turbocharged. That's why that's what
0: my brother drives now. real? I got to drive it. It's fun. Yeah, they're it's fun. It's a lot of fun to drive.
1: But like, imagine, like, <laughs> well, of course, I worked hard for that. Ever yeah. since I was like ten, I was cutting yards every you know day that I could, and I was saving up to get the car in my dreams, and that's right. what it was. And of course, my parents helped me significantly, especially my dad, to get it, but it influenced this materialism upon me so okay after the car uh i got a toyota tundra 2014 big tires like that truck was bigger than me it we're was... in
0: oklahoma by the way people <laughs> like that's the ferrari
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely and so yeah, that was like thirty-four thousand. and it came to the point where my mom was the co-center on that truck And she was like, hey, uh, I gotta get my name off of it because they were gonna refinance uh, one of their properties. And so I was like, well, what if I just go get a new one? You know, it it works out the same. And so at the time I went to, I think it was Fowler Toyota. I went there and, and of course no one wanted to take me serious they're like who is this little 18 year old looking for a truck <laughs> and i was looking at all of them and just one really stuck out it was so beautiful to this day it's still the truck of my dreams but i know not yet okay fair. <laughs> and it was a platinum edition 2018 yeah 2018 platinum edition Toyota Tundra okay and it was this like copper brown it was so amazing the sun was shine on it this one and really just amazing. yeah it was <laughs> it was glamorous you know to, to the eye and I'm like I want that one and it was the most expensive vehicle on the lot <laughs> <laughs> good
0: eye good eye man good
1: eye <laughs> so imagine you know 18 year old going to this lot wanting the most expensive truck on the lot. Yeah, no one wanted to take me serious at all. But um of course I went a second time dressed a little bit more professional and finally someone had gave me the time. He ran my credit and he's like, "Wow, you your credit's amazing for the age that you are." <laughs> and so he was like, "This truck can be pro- possible." And so I'm like, "All right, cool, you know, I'm getting closer to having the truck in my dreams." I'm gonna be flying out, you know. I'm gonna be driving around. Everyone's gonna look at me. I'm gonna be cool. I'm gonna get a whole bunch of girls, you know. At that time, you know, that's what the mindset consisted of. I mean,
0: of. I mean, that's I mean, men are in their 40s and 50s, and that's still what they think. <laughs> of, okay, so like you're doing really good. Like yeah. realize where you are now. Yeah. so Keep keep coming. Come on.
1: And um, so it, it took a fight, of course. And 20 days later, I get a call. And they're like, hey, we can't find anyone to fund you. And of course, who wants to lend? I, I negotiated by the way, I negotiated them down to 48. MSRP was 55. I was taking like some tips on how to negotiate and all that. Nice. So it was like a small cut. It helped out, even though it's still expensive. And I'm not really winning at the end of the day. How
0: much did you buy your first house for? Um, I bought it for 68. Okay, almost as much. My first house was 13,000. Oh, wow. That I bought. Yeah, <laughs> cash I need to take tips. Here. <laughs> the Northeast of Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah, it's a
1: nice part of town.
0: I heard it's I'm, very I'm, fancy. I mean, it, no, no, it's not fancy. <laughs> it's good for cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. Great for cash flow. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so oh. keep going. Keep
1: oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. No one wanted to lend me. And so I was getting a little frustrated. And I got dressed up again, professional, ready for business. And we went there, and I'm like, "Hey, I need to speak to the financial manager," you know, and I'm just like an 18-year-old, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I have amazing credit. <laughs> and I got cash money. I a little bit,
1: and so I went in with my laptop, and my mom went with my mom went with me, but she didn't say a word. She was like more there, like for support kind of thing. She let me handle the whole situation and so i took my laptop too as well and while i was negotiating with the financial manager letting her know like hey you know you guys need to make this work like i want this truck and if you guys can't give it to me i have jen noren literally on the live chat on this website you that's why you hear the dings and they said they're willing to help me out and so it kind of threw her off a little bit True. because i have a laptop oh, fuck up. yeah yeah and <laughs> it went very well towards the end she gave me credit for you know being you know being able to work her you know in negotiating mm-hmm. at 18 years old and she she's like she told my mom like your, your son's going places and from there like i had this taste of success supposedly because i i negotiated you know no one wanted to lend to me but i made it happen right and so i just when i looked at the truck i looked at the sky and i was like oh lord thank you it was the only time i focused onto the lord was after i did all of that nowhere in that journey did i have the lord in mind till the end but so the payment on this truck was 666 dollars and a couple of cents plus insurance which was probably around 200 or better no or yeah plus <laughs> it was uh it's a 5.7 engine v8 engine been it been loves amazing. gas Yep, yep. Yep, been 10 been to 13 amazing. miles per gallon <laughs> Uh, I was spending probably around almost four hundred dollars in gas every month so probably around a grand yeah i mean right? like at twelve
0: hundred dollars
1: yeah if i wasn't daily driving it then yeah a grand um on this truck and i'm only making i was thinking at the time thirteen dollars an hour times forty times Oh, you did that.
0: I was five making 20, around. That's five twenty a week. You making yeah. around two grand a month.
1: Yeah. So and on top of that, I had a lot of bills to Good pay. Amount. I was living off of like two hundred dollars a month. Two hundred dollars. A nice truck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you sleep in your truck.
1: Yeah. And that's like money I had to take um, out, like you know, friends and even girls too as well. Yeah. And it's like you you wanna go to McDonald's, you wanna go to the park and go for a walk, you know. (laughs) And we were going my super nice truck, but I didn't have enough money to take her out to super nice places. Right. And so it kinda discouraged me for a second. I felt chained, I felt bond. Um and one night I just I had this dream and I woke up in tears and I was like I was frustrated I was mad and I went out to my mom and I was like hey I don't want this truck no more I need to get it sold like I don't want it I have like nothing I have no money I have nothing to show for like I wanted to be someone and eventually she broke the news they're not going to give you what you want you're going to lose like this much money if you try to turn it in and I'm like I'm not gonna be able to get rid of this thing. I'm not. And I read this book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> That's a good story. <laughs> and and he said instead of trying to deduct your debt or your expenses, learn how to make more money. And so I started getting into stocks, and I started reading the graphs, try to learn more. I was looking up these YouTube videos. I'm like, okay, this business looks good. Um, they're going on a big route they just per news that they're expanding so I'm like this will be a great one to invest in and I downloaded Robinhood and only had $50 to invest so I'm like
0: $50, oh. $50
1: baby <laughs> I'm going to be rich you know with $50 watch and uh, I'm sorry did you, did you lose the $50 no, oh. no. <laughs> good. good thing I didn't so I put $50 in and the next day, I watched the YouTube video. Of the guy that was helping me out, I forgot what his name was. It was, I believe it was like Ricky uh, Gutierrez or something like not that. Ricky Bobby? No, not Ricky Bobby. That's, <laughs> that's a funny movie, actually. I, I want to rewatch that. Water Boy?
0: No, no, not no, that's, no. That that's Will Ferrell. Yeah, it's. Um, Talladega Nights.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell Ricky me. Bobby. If you're not first, last.
0: He was drunk when he said that. (laughs) Um, By the way, it's really amazing. Like with that being said, that happens all the time. Like you may say something that's extremely profound to somebody that you say in passing, Mm -hmm. and they'll remember for the rest of their life. Yeah, that's the best lesson from that movie. (laughs) It really
1: is. Um. Oh yeah, per fifty dollars in, and oh, in this video, Ricky had a guest. He was a wholesaler uh, for real estate and he's showing that he's getting ten thousand dollar checks just by flipping a contract and i'm like wow that seems so easy so like i don't have to worry about you know pinching you know buying and selling buying and selling oh i lost money oh dang oh well gotta continue buying and selling oh look a good amount of money let's keep investing when i can just get a house find someone who's motivated to sell and help them out i know buyers and get them connected and i'm able to charge a fee on top of that oops sorry so i'm like oh this makes sense i'm gonna do this (laughs) and so i started getting into so basically that truck was the biggest mistake but best mistake of my life because it started my real estate journey it actually started the um my my walk with christ you know within that and i would love to talk about that but it's long it's really long
0: well i'll well, we'll have you on another time and yeah we'll talk about yeah you should have put that in your
1: phone as you okay hey siri she don't hear me
0: Go she's cut off
1: <laughs> anyways but yeah best mistake of my life was buying a super expensive truck at a young age best mistake and it's really um boosted up of uh, you know my maturity and knowing that things in life are pretty expensive <laughs> even like toilet paper you know no big role pandemics i know (laughs) that's crazy i I can't believe that some
0: tp man
1: whenever that happened that was so hilarious but it was frustrating at the same time because my my parents weren't really ones to like go and bulk up on a whole bunch of toilet paper (laughs) you know and prepare for a couple months like yeah my mom would tell me go to the store get toilet paper, alright, cool and I didn't think nothing of it I thought it was just, you know, fake it's just a whole bunch of pictures, you know it's all in another state, it's not gonna be here nothing, to, nothing <laughs> at all oh my gosh I was. Get, and then so I was like, okay maybe Dollar General will have something you know, people don't think about going to Dollar General it's a smaller store they're gonna wanna go to Walmart since they're trying to get a bigger amount Nothing.
0: <laughs> it's amazing way Man, I don't. I don't even know why. Like, I don't even know why I was toilet paper. Man, <laughs> it's just I yeah. don't get it. I was in Florida. I was supposed to speak on a real estate cruise. Yeah. whenever all that happened, like, and they started shutting the country down. Mm-hmm. So we just hung out in Orlando for a week, but we went to the grocery store. Like, mm, it's kind of weird. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was the weirdest thing in the world seeing I mean well actually in Oklahoma because whenever we have tornadoes and stuff like that, like places get pretty bare mm-hmm. after that happens. So seeing that back home wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. But what it was was Yeah,
1: it definitely is.
0: So what were you doing
1: whenever all this was hitting like in March?
0: I was in Florida. I was supposed to be on a cruise down in yeah. the Caribbean speaking about wholesaling.
1: So when did you come back?
0: whenever I was supposed to come back because my friends owned Airbnb so we just chilled there. <laughs> just had like a little vacation out yeah. there. It was me and my wife man we just went down there and we just hung out. Did they start to um, close things down over there? Yeah so, ha- so so we got down there in Orlando a day early my boy Vinny and mm-hmm. Lexi uh, Lexi is the one that uh, put on the real estate cruise so she asked me to come down and talk because of what I do and how I do it. Yeah. And uh so we went to stay with Vinny and met his uh, met his boyfriend and met his um, dad for the first time. Vinny's actually from New York, so his dad moved down to Florida, and they were remodeled remodeling the house. And uh, he was a uh, he yeah used to be a like crime scene investigator. Wow, That's and cool. then he taught it in school, so he had all of like we got to see like crime scene stop
1: what, what, what's that show with uh ice tea in it
0: i have no idea i know like i feel like one of the law and or whatever
1: law and order or criminal mind is SBU, it criminal or something like that i don't know no. something like that anyways
0: <laughs> but uh yeah so we went down there um got on the boat mm-hmm. we had lunch on the boat we went through the safety drill and just as we were getting ready to shove off Mm. Donald Trump went on national TV and said if you are like we're shutting down we're walking down the country. Yeah. If you're going to be gone past Monday I think is what the date was because I think we're supposed to leave out because one of the cruise lines went ahead and left but they had like a three day cruise we had a five day cruise. So, like, mm. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> went through the safety drill, got off the boat. Oh. <laughs> so uh, we all went and stayed at the hotel, um, the Doubletree in Orlando and then we just stayed at my friend's airbnbs. That just, sounds pretty just cool. Just hung out in Florida. You go to the beach? Oh yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> went to look at the real estate. I went to Daytona <laughs> Beach and looked at a couple properties. It's not uh, that bad down there by the way. Like, little, real? like little bungalows. Uh, looked at one of them. I think it was around 60,000 for a two bedroom one bath.
1: Wow. Um,
0: dude, it was like two blocks off the ocean.
1: How was the condition?
0: I mean it, was, it needed like 15 to 20.
1: It's not bad. No, it's at not all. Bad at all. No. What are the cons? Uh,
0: I don't know. No, I I I, I don't know. But okay. people want to do seller finance on it. Wow! So that's actually pretty. That's pretty popular in Orlando and like in the Florida market in general. Sounds like
1: I need to go out east. <laughs>
0: Dude, it's. I mean, Florida's pretty awesome. Yeah, I've never been. Actually, I've always been out west. Never east. Oh man, it's beautiful. Wow. Dustin, Dustin Florida is a very popular spot for a lot of people in Oklahoma. Mm. Um, I just have a good friends in Orlando. So, here, so here's something really interesting about people from Florida.
1: <laughs> I was like, where's that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they refer to where they're going by county. Mm. So we say, hey, we're going to Guthrie or yeah, we're going city. to Shawnee or we're mm-hmm. going to Norman. Or we're going to El Reno. Mm-hmm. They would say I'm going to Canadian County, or I'm going to Logan County, or I'm going to Pottawatomie County, or yeah. I'm going to whatever. But you know, Oklahoma, like Oklahoma County, I think is Oklahoma City is one of the largest cities in the entire country, land wise. Mm. But Orlando and Florida, they have so many small counties that that's what they refer to as going to different counties <laughs> instead of towns. Yeah. So it's the weirdest thing in the world. So yeah. there you go. Like that you want go you and feel like a local, what county are we going
1: to? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm gonna take that too. I ain't the no secret. Hey, yeah. yeah. That will really help out. Yeah. I'll seem local. <laughs>
0: yeah. So that's, that's what we were doing down there. Um, but
1: That's actually a good tip for
0: cold calling
1: too, you know, in the area. Instead of saying the city, say the county. There you go. So like a seen in this county. Well, you know,
0: just, we... just have financing set up and then just go talk to other local, local sellers. Mm-hmm. Other uh-huh. investors, it's it's pretty easy. We came across so many things. It's so easy to find property. Mm-hmm. And then you got what is that one thing? Uh, deal machine. They, that's pretty. That's used a whole lot down there still. Mm. It's a really great app.
1: Get, deal machine. Deal. Deal, machine. deal. Sorry. Yeah. Deal machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that one's pretty good. I, I actually heard another one too as well. Um, what was it called? I downloaded it the other day. Profit Drive.
0: Profit Drive. Okay.
1: Yeah, I heard profit drives pretty well. I think it was like
0: $100 a month and you can send direct mail and all that too as well. Right on. Um, I'm not getting paid by them by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just glad that we had this conversation so now we know and you guys know there's other deal things out there. Yeah. I was really glad because that was something that as, I never did driving for dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't cold call, I don't like, I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. But, I knew eventually somebody was going to figure out a way to make money off of people driving for dollars.
1: Mm-hmm. And it happened. And it happened. Yeah. And this continually happened.
0: I wouldn't have thought about doing it that way, mm-hmm. but that's the reason why I don't have any stock in deal machines. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was pretty genius. Yeah, you know, really you is. got, I mean, it's been a problem. It's a problem for everybody all over the country.
1: Mm-hmm. They seen there was a need
0: and they met it. And they met it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's really good.
0: Awesome. So totally off
1: topic. But I heard you grew up in the South Side.
0: I did. I Little, grew up in Little Mexico. Part, part of my growing up, yeah.
1: Where, where where exactly?
0: 24th and Western. Yeah, wow. 24th and Villa. Yeah. GBCs. Yeah, South Side, South Locos. Side
1: Locos and all them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I
0: was friends with them. They left us alone.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're just human beings. Yeah. Just lost.
0: Well, actually there was a trick behind it.
1: Oh, okay. What was it? Networking? Well, I mean,
0: <laughs> just being me in general. But the, no, we had a, my dad was always like trying to be an entrepreneur and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. they were always self-employed. My parents didn't have regular jobs really. Um, So we had like a snow cone stand. Yeah. So during the summertime and the springtime, we'd have snow cones. They're like, they're like 50 cents. A piece, like Yeah, stupid, and they'll go up there and get cheap. snow cones. So everybody come to the neighborhood, you know, everybody in the neighborhood would come to our house because we had like a little trailer and we make snow cones. Yeah. So they're like, leave the white people alone. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, they give us snow
1: cones. <laughs> yeah, you don't don't mess with them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and I remember specifically when we lived off of Villa on 24th Street, mm-hmm. um, the house, the GBC house was on villa and they had a child that had cerebral palsy what is that so it's uh it's it's a disease that you're basically wheelchair bound mm. um and you can tell that they're just not okay but we we're just we're homeschool kids yeah so we could live anywhere so luckily whenever i did live on Southside, side didn't have to go to capitol hill or us grand or any of that okay so we we're
1: homeschooled yeah
0: but we we're always friendly Nice and kind to, to mm-hmm. think that they would walk her around the block or whatever. So, being kind, like you're saying, you know, about that story about the smile. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter, I man. I don't know anybody that would just like, would you quit smiling at me, please? <laughs> no, I don't want your encouragement. Yeah. No, I don't want you to wave. I mean, if you're in New York or California, or like that, <laughs> in Oklahoma, yeah, we're nice. Yeah. Even the gangbangers.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like, it's community more is. um family bound. Yeah makes sense. So
0: though. but what, what was your question as to why I mean you just wanna know did I grow up on Southside? Oh that? oh yeah I
1: grew up in the South side.
0: You too okay. Yeah
1: so I, I can see literally the block that you're talking about in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um I used to always drive around and and I love the place. It's actually a, the place that I really want to make an impact in mm-hmm. uh, real estate wise. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to purchase more properties in that area and improve the community, mm-hmm. you know. And that's really my goal in real estate is to improve the community that I came from.
0: Absolutely. And
1: giving a ch- giving chance to the the youth that was my age living up growing up try to lead them more and a better route mm-hmm. um, to teach them financial literacy. A lot of them are not being taught that, especially in the Hispanic community.
0: This is going to be a probably yeah. a stupid question, but do you speak Spanish? Yes, I speak okay. Spanish. All right,
1: not um, super perfect. I, I speak street Spanish, okay. not like, uh, proper like Spanish. Kind
0: of proper Spanglish.
1: Yeah, proper Spanglish. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's, better, the, the it's better than mine. I speak like. I speak, it's weird because I grew up on Southside, uh-huh. but I can speak actually more Swahili than I can Spanish. Wow. Which is weird. Well, you, you went out there at a at an older age, so. Well, I know but it was just whatever the base, I believe the base of the language of Swahili is Arabic oh. versus Latin. Yeah. Because I cannot get it. But yeah. I can understand a lot of Spanish. Yeah. I can speak very little, but mm-hmm. I speak and understand more Swahili. That's whenever crazy. I was in Africa. <laughs> it's weird. It's one of the weirdest things ever.
1: So you so you had a lot of Hispanic friends whenever you were
0: growing oh, up yeah. in that block? Oh yeah. <laughs> so tell, tell me the, the, the
1: funnest case. activities you guys had whenever you were there, just playing with everyone and just having a good time. Are tell you... me an experience that was pretty <laughs> dope.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um... <laughs> My my mom doesn't know. My dad's passed away, so yeah, you know, he wouldn't care. But he probably would have cared even whenever he's alive. Um, on twenty fourth and I think it's Klein. Okay. So the first block off of Western. Mm, yeah, a Really yeah. long block, right down there. At the end of that street is a um, is an open drainage ditch. Like massive, like ten foot manhole where all the water hits from the streets and it just whoosh, rushes oh, out yeah. of the Canadian River. Oh, okay. Now the Oklahoma River, right? Yeah. So anyways, these, whenever it rains, like these massive floods would come down there. I mean, it's open. It's like freaking, like people pay to go to the, like the white water thing. Yeah, like that's white water. This, so that was white water. So <laughs> we used to go down there and uh, whenever it rains, and it lasts for hours and hours after it's done raining. Yeah. So we would take like a raft or boards or yeah. whatever would float and we'd get in there and we'd ride it um wow that sounds like fun. pretty stupid <laughs> yeah um yeah. but we but it survived yeah um I man i used to ride i used to ride my bike all over the place me and my little brother used to play roller hockey all mm-hmm. the time out there um man just i mean just enjoying life man being outside yeah. playing you know you i mean growing up in little mexico <laughs> I mean, because that's what Southside I mean, that, that part of our Southside, yeah. right, growing up. The,
1: the Hispanic community has grown so much in that area. Yeah. So much.
0: And, you know, I we just, we actually just flipped the sixplex down there. Yeah. And never had any problems, like met the neighbors, met people across the street, like just cool down to earth. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful people. Didn't have a single problem mm-hmm. the entire time we were flipping it. That's good. And it was only like six blocks away from where I grew up. Yeah. But. Well, one of the places, so I moved I moved a lot, like I moved almost 40 times in my yeah.
1: life. Was not because uh, your parents were involved in politics, I believe? They were, and, yeah. And like going around, telling people to vote and this and that. Yeah,
0: so are you registered to vote, they did an initiative yeah. petition and like, I asked my mom one day, I was like, well, were we, because being in real estate, I'm like, hmm, we we'll evicted a lot. Like, did that <laughs> happen? <laughs> we moved pretty often. Like, yeah. My dad just was a gypsy. Yeah. My dad just liked to move. Yeah. Moving so, all over the place. All, all over the place. I mean, I lived in the country, lived in McAllister, lived in a couple of different states, all yeah. over Southside, all over. I mean, I lived in Spencer, the middle of the city. Wow. And I lived everywhere. So, um, are you still moving? No. I've, I've owned a house. My wife and I bought a house 12 years ago. Yeah, 12 years ago. Hmm. So, we've had that.
1: Wow. It's weird. Finally, you know, being stable.
0: Yeah, it's weird. My kids place. get to see that stability. Yeah, you know,
1: especially growing up and you know, being a father to your children and raising them up in one place. Children, stick. You're showing the stability as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it it's you know, every kid handles it different. I have two brothers and a sister. And me and my younger brother handled moving a ton, no problem. My mm-hmm. older brother and my younger sister did not do well with it. But we were also homeschooled, so we like went and did homeschool PE and all that stuff. So yeah, how does that work out? So it's I heard they got so I'm not socially stupid being a homeschooler, by the way. <laughs> I'm very people like me um, because you have really weird and awkward people in public school and mm-hmm. private school. Yeah, it's just the thing. Usually homeschoolers. Are the ones that are the kids that were picked on and bullied, so therefore their parents had an ability to make sure to take care of them before they weren't being bullied. Mm. So that's like that's the huge answer. Is when my wife and her family homeschooled, yeah. because of the bullying that because their kids were getting that they were getting. Wow. So being homeschooled, I have friends that I've had for 25 years or longer. Being homeschooled. Being homeschooled. Where, where did you meet them at? I met them at PE or there was a because we had to go to a gym um Uh to do that or we had uh just homeschool groups i I graduated a class of 88 people that were other homeschoolers wow so like it's a and this is back i graduated at one Hmm. and but now it's it's so easy to homeschool because there's co-ops and if you don't understand english or if you don't understand math or science or like there is a group where you can go and get that teaching done. Yeah. And homeschoolers are smarter for the most part than in general. Actually they are. A homeschooler 90 plus percent of the time is better educated and smarter than any average public school kid. You know and I believe that. I really do. And it's because of the parent involvement. It's not having to do with the education system Mm. because of the parent involvement. So the people that excel in public school. In private school because of parent involvement, it has nothing to do with the education. Wow,
1: wow, that tells me something
0: a lot. I got a lot of random knowledge <laughs> and statistics, I listen and read and watch all the time.
1: It, it's some beneficial knowledge to have, though. Uh huh, it's really good. Yeah, so what do, what do you think about? I mean, my sister, my little brother, they're kind of doing the homeschool thing, but not really. Or, how's that work?
0: they're like doing the, it virtually like with the pandemic stuff and shutting schools down yeah we are talking about
1: yeah yeah so like now they're doing classes online mm-hmm. and it's, it's funny seeing my little brother because he's only like seven <laughs> <laughs> and he's on the laptop just getting super distracted and trying to listen but at the same time he's not listening mm-hmm. so how do you how do you think that's going to affect the generation um that has to do with that
0: i think it's gonna make them better because the fact that the parents are there and they're involved
1: wow yeah parent involvement
0: <laughs> parent involvement that's really good you know it's funny because everybody's like oh my gosh what are y'all doing with your kids in school and all that stuff like pfft. same thing we have done yeah like we're just going back to the home thing. i mean we're homeschoolers so yeah so like we didn't miss to... a beat yeah so now it's cool <laughs> to be a homeschooler because now we're not the ones going insane <laughs> everybody else is like, still going insane because now they got to teach their kids They're like dang they i'm had sorry right. people y'all have to deal with that like it's y'all it's not your calling so i'm sorry you got to deal with that i'm sorry
1: <laughs> like dang they had it right the whole
0: time <laughs> pretty smart Oh man, but it's also a blessing. It's not, it, and it's something that not everybody can do. And there's a lot of people that are homeschoolers that should not. Uh, there's a lot of people that, sh- that are homeschooling that probably should not. Mm-hmm. So, but man, we need to kind of close this down a little bit. Yeah, and, I mean, we've been talking for like over an hour, or just at an hour now.
1: Right. Mean, so it doesn't even seem like it.
0: I know. <laughs> I mean, and you know what's so funny is that, man. This so this video cast or podcast, you know whatever we want to call this. It's just about this, mm-hmm. you know. I do this video with people that I love and I know that have a heart, a passion for life, and I just want to hear the story. Like in yeah. whatever it is, random conversation like you and I've had. I mean, we've touched on so many different subjects. Yeah, all over the place. All over the place. <laughs> I love it. And yeah. uh, and you know, my friend's gonna edit this, but you know, it's, it's gonna be broken down to where man, we're talking about a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, it's about life. Yeah, you know, and people don't. One thing I love about having conversations like this is that people don't have genuine conversation.
1: Yeah. That's people are so right.
0: missing connection. hmm I got off of Facebook because I was sick and tired of seeing people highlight reels. Yeah. Having jealousy, have I mean just real talk. Not seeing well man, my life doesn't look like that. And pastors talk about it all the time. Yeah. You know. I'm glad that people want to show those highlights, like it's highlights to them. That's their heart. They want to see that. Yeah. But life is more than likes. Yeah. These videos, I don't even see how many people can see them on purpose. Yeah. Because it's about having conversation. It's good. It's about having love to hear your story. And you know what? If a thousand people watch it or if one person watches it, it doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: And more for us you know here yeah. in like 15-20 years like we can look back and see the video
0: yeah and you know and, and my children you know whenever i pass away this will be forever there for my children to see and yeah. my grandchildren to see and and the relationships and people that i i have in my life to, to share yeah. life with
1: yeah and the genuine conversations that you're having that actually are able to dive deeper into your personality and to so, see who their father was
0: yeah absolutely and yeah. you know and you being my guest too you know you're gonna have this forever be enshrined for people to get to know you and get to see who you are now, and then, you know, who you're gonna be. Man, to be how old you are, to be, and to have the wisdom that God has given you, is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And there's something that I want to share with you. There's a, I have a card, and I'll give it to you. Okay. I also have a book I going to give you. Okay. Called Move. It's a fantastic men's devotional. Mm. But this card talks about, it's not a hard to it's a card that shows that there's a daily priority. Yeah. That daily priority is number one, God, your family, I have that written down, your work, your ministry, yourself. Yeah. You
1: actually, um, we talked about it, probably, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. We went, it was at MP. Okay. Um, and I was telling you, I forgot what the story was but it was leading towards God. And you're like, look, you're really wanting to strive to be a man of God. Here's your priorities. You got a piece of paper?
0: And yeah. I was like, <laughs> I got
1: my pamphlet, here you go. And you actually wrote it down. So it's in your handwriting. <laughs> That's, That's awesome.
0: <laughs> awesome. Man, I'm honored, dude. <laughs> That's pretty I'm gonna cool. keep it. I'm
1: gonna be like, yeah, Roger, Roger. Awesome. it came from Roger. Christ used Roger to give me those priorities. And
0: I'm not gonna lie.
1: I haven't incorporated them the best that I should, and
0: I struggle with it still.
1: Oh, don't don't, okay.
0: don't think that I do. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it's a daily, it's a daily, it's a daily struggle to be on purpose. Oh, good. Because yeah. I, it's, it is.
1: Oh, say that again. What was that? It's a daily struggle to be on purpose. Oh, I'm gonna quote you on that. Please that please was do. a good one. First time I
0: said it. See, you say profound things and you don't know say
1: Yeah. Um dang my mind just went blank <laughs> <laughs> that was really good um but oh i find myself um not giving myself mercy i find myself being very hard upon myself um Would you cut that out I, i'm really? trying i'm trying i mean
0: i know we're our own worst critics
1: yeah <laughs> <cut that> <laughs> thank you um, but that's one of them I was like dang I'm not doing this I'm not doing that on my priority list and I'm like dang like I'm better than this and I'm not viewing they're like hey I'm trying though you know I'm trying other people are not at all and sorry okay <laughs> Um, but you know pray for me on that Please, okay. um, I, I'm very hard on myself.
0: I'll send you, I'll, uh, I do a daily, so something I do on, on the daily is I have Google Keep. I don't know if you have Google Keep or not. Mm, I'm a piece yeah. of mm-hmm. Every single day I have a list of priorities. And most of the time I get, I, I put the top date on it. And then I put, all right, I got my devotional, got my prayer time got you know some work stuff sometimes it's 30 things sometimes it's five things yeah sometimes it's seven things but something that's daily every single day on it because I look at it multiple times a day and I also cheat a little bit mm-hmm. I do something and I'm like oh that should be on my list boop, 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 boop. <laughs> done yeah it's nice to have little victories yeah so Definitely. if you have goals and like you need some victory to get keep moving forward Mm-hmm. Boom! Click that box after you've done it. You said it was Google. Google Keep. Google Keep. Yeah, okay. it's fantastic. So, and you can uh, you know you copy it, copy from one day to the next, and that's what you do. You know, I got Bible, and then uh, so I listen to the Bible app usually on my way to the gym. Mm-hmm. I can usually knock out probably two or three chapters. Yeah, on the way, and I'm focused. What translation? Uh, I like NIV.
1: NIV. Yeah. Yeah, okay
0: good. Um. So I do that, and then gym, and then I have a devotional. I send out an encouragement uh, from that devotional that I do. Mm-hmm. And then I have my work stuff. I also have my family stuff in there too. Hey, be home by whatever time. Yeah, Like I'm gonna be home in about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the gym, so you're working out more? I do, I mean, I've been working out for three, four months right now. Wow. So I uh Do you know Jake Deneen?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: so. Good guy. Yeah, I love he him. is. So I helped him sell his first wholesale deal. Yeah. I said, alright, in turn, because he's, he's a private trainer, physical trainer, anyways, that's what he did whenever I met him. So I said, I'm going to help you get your first deal, you're yeah. going to train me. Uh-huh. So he got me, he got me started. So we we met for probably, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'm like, alright, I know what I'm doing. Like I just needed somebody to kind of get me going. Yeah. And now i move so I work out five days a week in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I work in the afternoon twice a week with my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so my older brother just had uh, almost had a heart attack. Oh. Ended up having quadruple bypass surgery. Is that bad? Huh? Is that bad? That's really bad. That's really bad. Like your like your heart. So imagine if you're you know you're able to see your. Blood vessels go into your hearts like that.
1: Yeah, they got that chunk. Sh- yeah, wow, that's crazy. So they had to put
0: in separate arteries from different parts of his body to get to his heart. Wow, so big, de- big, big deal.
1: Yeah, thank the Lord. He's all right now.
0: He's okay. Yeah, he should be going home tomorrow or the next day. Okay um, then. But you know, and I, do I have a rebel heart? And I and I admit this. I don't care what people think about it. uh-huh while I was off of Facebook, we did Monday, and we still do, on well, Monday nights, we do game night at my house. Mm-hmm. My brother, our neighbor, we got a couple other people come out too. So I called my brother up and say, hey, what's going on, and are you coming tonight? Like, no, I'm having a hard time breathing, like I'm getting winded walking from here to here. Yeah. I'll be there in an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you to the doctor. I don't have money. I don't care.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll take care of it. Yeah. Let's go. Love that. Because um, my my really dear friend Nick, his brother-in-law, thirty 32 years old, had a heart attack and died. Wow. Diabetes, overweight. Yeah. Like terrible, terrible deal. So, well, he says his fingers are being numb. Like, nope. Come to get you. Be there in an hour.
1: Yeah.
0: Took him to the emergency clinic, and I said, look, tell them that you've not had a fever. Tell them that you've not coughed. Tell them like, like whatever this COVID stuff is. <laughs> Like, yeah. you're gonna lie because we're gonna get you in there to see them yeah period mm-hmm. i have no guilty conscience about it yeah because it got him in there and it saved his life
1: mm. imagine if he had to go through the whole test. COVID, COVID.
0: yeah oh my gosh so he would have been there forever his oxygen level was 10 below critical wow so normal is 99 98 oxygen he was at 84. Dangerous is at ninety-four. Yeah, <laughs> substantially bad. Yeah, couldn't hear his lungs because he's got water on his lungs. All bad. The PA said, "You cannot leave here unless you tell me that you're heading to that hospital across the street, or I'm calling an ambulance to take you." Wow, that bad. That's bad. Yeah. So, all that to be said. The night before he went in for his. Surgery, and I used to not be this person. Mm-hmm. I went into my mom's house. I wasn't supposed to go there because he was having his surgery the next morning, but I went there, took care of something for my aunt, and my mom, and I went into that room and I got on my knees and I prayed with him. Wow, love that. And I've never done that before. Yeah, but it was hard to not cry once. Wow. I'm still getting emotional right now thinking about it.
1: Holy Spirit, I feel it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't even know what I am with that, with that whole thing, but whenever I went to Kenya, I had to go all that way to hear a bishop say, I don't need, and you don't need two ways five pillars seven ways to this whatever we got one let's mm. do the right thing yeah so good one one because mm. we know if it's right or wrong one thing so good yeah I love that bro yeah. I really do
1: Man, I appreciate you being here. and and that prayer worked
0: it was part of it. I also had, I, I, and people are still praying over him. Oh, not yeah. Not yet. We're still. But let we me tell heal. you there's nobody to pray better for somebody than Pentecostal Africans.
1: oh (laughs) Oh my god oh it's probably very
0: hiked in that room (laughs) hi whenever they were praying over me whenever i was there speaking and they you know they prayed over me like oh my gosh like i've never
1: (laughs) (laughs) holy spirit is strong in this room
0: (laughs) whenever i was speaking at the conference i said i do not want to go after pastor sam because like anything that i do after him is just gonna be So and that's whenever I went to go speak at his him and his wife's event whenever I was in Kenya and they uh yeah he they prayed over me it's like that brother is sweating sweating so hard
1: fire (laughs) you're gonna have to take me someday I want to go dude I'll take you let's go to Kenya let's go
0: go. my brother (laughs) for being here thank you and remember call people on their birthday if you have their phone number and they're on Facebook
1: yeah that's really good
0: it'll change their world. Yeah. We're right here. That's right. I mean, that's why we're here.